organization focused on reviving the working landscape and securing a future for farming in Maine. More information on protecting farmland and supporting farmers at mainefarmlandtrust.org. This is Community Radio, WERU-FM, 89.9 Blue Hill and 99.9 in Bangor. It is time now for our required weekly test of the emergency alert system. This is just a test. Hi. We're Destroy That My Robots. In 1984, we made a promise to a young, but stylish, Matt Murphy, that if he ever had a live radio show, we would play it. Tune in to WERU this Saturday at 5 p.m. for the Wicked Good Music Hour. And hear us make that prophecy come true. You'll hear some of your favorite songs from the 1980s, played acoustically, the way nature intended. Then, while the power of the 80s overwhelms and touches your soul, you can call in and make a donation. Support for WERU comes from Harry Brown's Farm, Starks, Maine, where there is music in the cafe at night and revolution in the air. Dig at harryshill.net and Facebook Harry Brown's Farm. It's 10 o'clock and you are tuned to WERU-FM 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 Bangor and streaming online everywhere at WERU.org. Common Ground Radio, which is normally heard at this time, will not be happening today. The Mafka folks couldn't be here, but we have in its place a special edition of Talk of the Towns with your host, Ron Beard. morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine, with offices statewide. Cooperative Extension puts knowledge to work with the people of Maine and, like WERU, whose mission is to be a voice of many voices, operates out of a sense that everyone benefits when we share our knowledge, our experience, our concerns, our perspectives. We're about to practice the magic of community radio, in which those of us in the studio and you who are listening create a dialogue that we hope will be a benefit to our friends, our neighbors, and colleagues. I hope you'll stay with us for the next hour and talk of the towns. Well, this morning we're going to talk about um, how small towns um, think about their futures and um, uh, actively work towards a year-round, vital year-round community. We know that if you poll residents and business members in most of our local towns, they want a a vital year-round community with living wage jobs, a clean environment, a good mix of community services. But how do they get there? This morning we're going to talk with folks from Castine, Stonington, and Mount Desert about the steps that they're taking um, along that road. We're happy to have in the studio with us um, uh, Jackie Hewitt. Uh, Jackie is a consultant to the town of Mount Desert on Mount Desert Island. Welcome to you, Jackie. Thank you. And we also have uh, Rick Armstrong. Rick is um, a volunteer with the Castine Economic Development Group, or I guess it's called Community and Economic Development Group. Um, Rick, welcome to you. Well, thank you very much for having me here. Great. Well, let's find out a little bit about um, each of you, how you kind of came um, to this work, starting with you, Jackie. Um, How did you get started in this work and what um, led to your connection with the town of Mount Desert? Okay, thank you. Um, My educational background is is really in environmental planning and development. 
Um, for most of my career, I've worked in land use field, first as a town planner, um, and then as a consultant working with towns and, and cities across the state doing comprehensive plans, economic development projects, and other land use related uh, studies. Uh, in 2000, I took a job as a project manager project and property manager for a real estate development company and spent 12 years developing and managing commercial real estate. Last year, I decided that I would return to my first love, which really is working with the local, um, uh, working at the local level, helping towns and cities uh, address various local problems related to land use and development. Um, so that's really how I how I came back into the mm. consulting field and um, how I my association with Mount Desert mm. occurred. Great. Well, let's hear a little bit from um, Rick Rick Armstrong. Um, what path did you follow to to get to Castine? I know it's a circuitous one. I was hey, come on, talk nice, erratic <laughs> as some people call, but uh, you never want to grow up. I think, but uh, having uh, been trained as an engineer and scientist, I guess, in marine engineering, uh, ended up at the Woods Hole Oceanographic. <laughs> So I've kind of been a native Cape Codder, uh, and up until just uh, six, seven years ago, that I was, remained. Um, and in that process, uh, developed two or three different businesses, the larger which was a, a marina boat yard kind of a, a prayer. But as part of that was, uh, um, uh, took over kind of a, a folding, uh, I won't say bankrupt, but uh, uh, as the boatyard, I guess, was as well, uh, but a, a local hardware store that at one point was really the um, the anchor to Windward in the small one of the small villages in Falmouth, uh, and the village was uh, the typical kind of thing that we strain at here of trying to uh, maintain a, a downtown vital um, you know uh, uh, operating services kind of thing with a little grocery store, maybe hardware store and those kind of things. And it was suffering big. And I, I really got engaged in that mm-hmm. more so than I probably should have. A lousy business decision, but uh, uh, we got into that. And as a result of that, got involved in uh, in the local government and uh, did the chairs locally in the county and then statewide as well. And uh, and then came to Castine uh, uh Hopefully to retire, but that didn't happen, to, and end up um, heading the uh, tidal energy program at Maine Maritime Academy, and uh, somehow rather got out that one of the things that I did in Cape Cod, which you tried to do, is to uh, address these kind of economic issues from a more widespread uh, cooperative basis, and we managed to herd 15 of the the 15 towns of Cape Cod together in the Cape Cod Economic Development Commission, which then became kind of a super planning board, and uh, dubiously I ended up being chair of that Mm -hmm. and moving that forward and trying to get the different uh, communities, which you can imagine, the 15 very different towns together. And it's from that backdrop that uh, I guess I got interested in the, in the uh, challenges of casting and maintaining, as you put it earlier in this broadcast, that, uh, you know, trying to maintain a vital downtown and a year-round community and those kind of things. And now, uh, Chair, what is was hatched last June by the Board of Selectmen, the the Castine uh, Community Economic Development Committee. And so that's sort of the long route, but sure. it's kind of fun and challenging, and it's, it's kind of good to be here this morning. Well, staying with you, Rick, what are some of the challenges that Castine faces? Um, you've, what are the assets that you're building on, and what are the challenges that, that you've got uh, facing? Well, I think the assets are, uh, are very clear, and it's uh, uh, for, for those who have had the, and sorry for the word, privilege of 
visiting casting. Mm. I mean, it's historic uh, Four Flags. It's beautiful uh, elms and white houses. It's it's incredible waterfront, once considered the best, deepest natural harbor in the whole, whole of U.S. of A., mm. and having that as an asset. But the other asset, which is somewhat overlooked, is uh, Maine Maritime Academy. And it's, uh, it's not the same as a normal college town. It's a very uh, regiment, if you will, program. Uh, kids are very much uh, into getting their licenses and going forward doing that. So it's, it's a very mature, if you will, um, uh, college environment. And that, that in itself is an asset, not only just being able to use the gym and using that, but having the bodies for the uh, volunteer fire department and, you know, shoveling the walks of the churches and all, of, you know, just things you don't really think about is there. So those are the assets. But now when you get into the uh, challenges, it would be the same as uh, Mount Desert Island, some of the others, same as we face in North Falmouth. You've got distinct communities there, and you've got the uh, the year-round community, which is really very small. We, we number, well, they say 700, but when you think of people going away on vacation, it's probably only three or four or 500 people around all winter. And that's very tough to maintain a, a downtown with that number of people. And uh, uh, so certainly that's a challenge. But the other challenge is that the, uh, there's a, um, the summer folk, and there's this sort of difference of those. There's those that are absolutely convinced that they just want their month in uh, casting. They're willing to pay, quote, taxes high, they think of, get no services for it, but be here for their month, and that's it, and don't want to, you know, to raise issues like you want more people to come and use the waterfront. You get screams back saying, I can't find space in the town dock now. <laughs> so, you know, so it, it's that much of a difficulty to deal with, and there's no, and there's a lack of appreciation that if you're going to have a town dock, you need a town. If you're going to have a, a fire department, you need volunteers. If you're going to have, you know, an infrastructure of any kind, you need a town hall. And those kind of things take year-round uh, uh, people to staff, to be involved, to have this kind of critical mass. So it's that kind of tent. That's the challenge, right. and that's right. sort of a quick overview, but I'm sure uh, Jackie has a lot more to say on that. Well, yeah, let's turn to Jackie and find out a little bit about some of the assets that you found when you began to work as a consultant for the town of Mount Desert, and uh, specifically the village of Northeast Harbor. What were some of the assets and what are some of the challenges that that group is facing? Sure, thank you. Um, the town of Mount Desert is a very uh, interesting community. Um, it's made up of six different villages. Northeast Harbor is just one of them. Um, but Northeast Harbor really is the economic center for the town and always has been. Um, it's got some wonderful history, uh, maritime history. It's an absolutely gorgeous harbor. Um, and it has a beautiful, beautiful main street. Um, there all of those are, are significant draws for people and, and have been bringing summer people there for years and years, as well as a, a diverse um, sort of seafaring uh, year-round community. Um, but there have been a lot of changes um, recently in, in Northeast Harbor. Um, you know, part of it starts with, with the real estate base, um, that as houses come on the market, they are, um, you know, the prices are so high that there tends to be summer people that are buying them up. Um, and so the year-round people are moving either outside the village or out of town. 
um, to more affordable housing. Um, this has resulted in a decline in the actual village population from probably a high of 900 you know, 50 years ago down to about 300 now. Um, this has had a significant impact on, you know, the businesses that have been able to, to you know, stay open through the winter and really to, to exist there through the year. Um, so those are, you know, some of the more significant issues. Um, we're trying hard to, to work with everybody to try and find out what the best approach is to um, address this issue. Um, and I think there have been a lot of, lot of people who have gotten involved, both summer people and year-round people. Um, I've been really uh, amazed at the cooperation between all the groups to come out and particularly talk to me because I spent a lot of time right at the very beginning mm -hmm. just going out and talking to people to try and figure out what they thought the problems were and what they th thought some of the potential solutions are. Because I can go in with some of the, you know, sort of my past experience and ideas about economic development, but, you know, what I think really doesn't matter that much. You know, if I need to hear from them. You know, then I can bring their ideas forward. Um, and that's what I've been trying to do. Mm. So as you had those conversations, what were some of the, both the concerns that people expressed and what, did they have some hopes about what the future might hold for the village of Northeast Harbor? Yes, I think they really did. Um, I think there is a lot of, um, of hope and, you know, some, some specific ideas. Um, certainly a lot of the year-round community, their biggest concern was that there was nothing to do in the winter. I mean, everything closed down. I mean, I was given a picture of, of I think it was Easter weekend, um, of Main Street, and there was not a car on the street. Um, every there were no lights. There was nothing, um, and that's really discouraging for a community that you know where people want to live. And there's a wonderful school. Mm. There's an amazing library. Um, it is a vibrant you know community, um, but there was no place to have a cup of coffee. You know, if you dropped your kids off at school and you wanted to go with a friend to go down and have a cup of coffee on Main Street, there was no place to go. Um, so that was really a concern for the year-round uh, residents. You know, and the summer residents are concerned as well because they're, you know, now there are very few restaurants and a lot of people don't want to have to drive all the way over to Bar Harbor, um, you know, to go have a, have a meal. It's dark and it's a mm. long way. Um, so they'd love to see, you know, more restaurants there. They really want to support the businesses that are there. Um, there are a lot of shops that, that exist, but, um, you know, again, they there's been a change really in... Um, the vacationing patterns and the buying patterns of, of the summer residents. Um, you know, more people uh, come for shorter periods of time. Uh, their buying habits are a little different. They tend to stop, you know, on the way in, in, in Ellsworth or someplace like that to sort of stock up for while they're here. Um, so, you know, there's been a change in, in how the support of the shops along Main Street has occurred. Um, so uh, we really have had to look at, at that as well. Mm. So as I recall, Town of Mountain Desert um, has done a fair amount um, recently to improve its access to the harbor, the harbor itself, and the connection between the harbor and the Main Street isn't obvious to someone who comes in by boat. That's exactly right. And they did. A couple of years ago, the town invested a, a lot of money into redoing the harbor area, and it is just gorgeous. They have a brand new um, uh, center for the chamber, so chamber information center, um, you know, very nice bathrooms, a, a new harbor master's building, and a lovely yachtsman's building, which is really for um, the people who come and, uh, you know, moor in the, in the harbor, who bring their boats. And obviously, a lot of the visitors who come to Northeast Harbor, you know, come via boat. Mm. Um, 
But one of the real challenges about Northeast Harbor is that the harbor is at one elevation and the town is at a different. And there really is no visual access between the two. So if you get down into the harbor, you know, you might look around and go, wow, this is lovely, but I, there's nothing here. I right. mean, there's no place to eat. There's no place to shop. I guess I'm going back to Bar Harbor. Right. Um, and the way that you could get into town, I mean, you can in, come in on the main street and there's a sign that says marina and, you know, waterfront and everybody goes down there. But if you do that, you miss the town altogether. Mm. So one of the first, um, you know, uh, goals that we've had is to try and improve um, this uh, information and that's through signage. Uh, and there are two projects going on right now. One is uh, that the town uh, initiated a year ago, uh, which was called Wayfinding. And that really, I'd call it sort of um, automobile signage. And it's to uh, bring visitors into the village via automobile. It directs them to the village. It directs them to the um, information center and to Sergeant Drive. And, and it's a unusual once you come down Main Street in the summer, it's one way. And you can get through, get to the end of the street and go, now what? <laughs> and so it's going to help you get back around to start again if you saw something you wanted to, to stop mm. at. The second phase is really some, a project that I've been working on, which is really sort of economic development signage. Um, and really it's more pedestrian signage. And it's to help the issue of people getting down to the harbor or getting in onto the main street and figuring out what's there, how do I get there, um, and and what what shops are there, and what can I do here? Um, so we have put together what we're calling phase two wayfinding, and it is um, a group of signs that are um, kiosks for you know that give a village map and you know the identification of specific businesses. Um, it's going to incorporate better signage in the marina that shows that information is available there. Um, better signage at the, at the visitor center, and and what we're calling a sort of a breadcrumb trail from from the harbor up C Street up to Main Street, which is the way that you would go. But again, because there's no visual access, you don't know it's there. So creating some sort of a link between the harbor and the Main Street. Hmm. And and as we think about um, the economic development in small towns, we've got lots of of different examples to choose from. We're we're choosing to talk about the towns of uh, Mount Desert and Castine. We have guests in the studio, Jackie Hewitt from uh, consultant with the town of Mount Desert working in Northeast Harbor and Rick Armstrong, uh, Castine Economic Community and Economic Development Committee. Uh, a little later we'll be joined by Kathleen Billings Pizarras, the town manager of Stonington. But uh, Rick, what are some of the things that uh, you, you, your committee has been only in place since June, but what are some of the things you're, you're thinking about um, that you need to solve? Well, uh, we've been I think, you know, struggling to find our way. I mean, I think we've, uh, uh, it's nice now that we're not on the front page of the paper every week and kind of in controversy where, you know, I think we've kind of found our stride. Uh, we were dealt uh, initially as, uh, um, uh, with uh, difficulties over zoning. There was a, um, a, uh, a comprehensive plan and a response to that and and a whole series of zoning kind of things that uh, were directed at uh, maybe helping the community grow in ways that made some sense uh, to open up some things in the commercial district to look at the rural district what opportunities could be opened up out there and uh, we ended up and with some controversy to say the least of uh, really 
pushing very hard and with success of having the town meeting turn down all changes. And the reason uh, we came to that is that we felt that uh, they were they were radical changes and really did not uh, uh, provide the kind of direction within the codified law, understanding that planning boards now are, are far more restricted because mm. of uh, litigations and all these kind of things, that the days of the citizen regulator really having a, an impact without uh, a long involved uh, uh, cost of litigation and those kind of things. I'm afraid it's over. So we kind of had to respond to that. Uh, but so one of the things that we uh, are committed to is look at zoning and look at pieces and what are the kinds of things that we can open up? What a kind of direction we can give to make it possible to uh, uh, to to get into the town of Castine and provide the more year-round kind of thing. I think one of the... Um, uh, things that we hope to bring to the table on this is that I think, uh, frankly, that even though that's my background in some sense with the developing a hardware store as a uh, kind of the anchor hmm. tenant which developed into a nice little community, it's not all about retail uh, and it's not all about tourism. Uh, the third component is really long-term economic development and ways that we can uh, create jobs that provide the critical mass of people that want to come down and live in the community and buy the homes and raise the kids and those kind of things. So another dimension that we've been working very hard on is, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, an incubator program, taking advantage of the, uh, the academy. And it's now... Um, uh, become uh, a little bit into research and ha always little bits and pieces of it. But again, it's not a research institution like a normal university. It is really a, a licensing program in training. But in that context is areas of applied service that can go forward. And I was fortunate to be on the ground floor with the development of the tidal energy stuff and get some research dollars in that. And that has led to a research department now being created and some other serious dollars coming in to do very, very practical kinds of things um, in biofuels and other for shipping. Out of this is, is becoming technologies that could easily set up in casting if given some help with, uh, within the framework of a small building and with some, uh, some you know, staff, internets, uh, clerical kinds of things. And then develop, if it develops into real, real big business, you know, that's why we need a Bucksport or a Belfast or Bangor or Ellsworth, those kind of things. But we can start these things in community and begin to get the people in there that will go to a hardware store, that will go to mm -hmm. a restaurant and go there and build that year-round year base. And so that's, you know, that's sort of been on our plate as we look forward to it. At the same time, we understand that on a day-to-day -day basis, we need to take advantage of those assets we have now. And that's really the waterfront. And we're, we applaud the, the group under us, the promotions committee that has done, you know, uh, every Wednesday night having um, uh, uh, concerts on the, and bringing things. And as a result of that, we actually are going to have new bathrooms. Uh, uh, Northeast has done a terrific job. We go in there often um, on our own bottom, as they say. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, they've done a terrific job yeah. in, in bringing it up. Casting fought forever just to up 
grade the bathrooms but we kind of put mm-hmm. the and we've got that going on uh we anticipate down the road which is a new and different thing planning with the academy lockstep and to really redo that waterfront there's a four or five year six year plan on that where it will be a collective between the academy and the town to really develop that waterfront into a destination both from the tourist and as well as year-round opportunities down there uh, and to you know have some of the facilities more available and accessible on the academy so this kind of the different levels of things so we're working on the promotions thing to get people coming into mm-hmm. the community and develop that the retail the restaurants and keep things open and and that though and the other core part of it that uh, you know it, it really takes the responsibility of those that live year-round i did sort of an informal poll and it was astounding when i talked to people that lived in that community forever, whatever that means, 10 years, three years, I don't know what it is, had never crossed the threshold of the local gift shop. Hmm. Because hmm. they, you know, always felt, well, I got to go to Bar Harbor, I got to go to this. Never, you know, did they ever go into the, no, because I, you know, went, never, you know. Well, you yeah. had that great bookstore, I don't know if it's still there, the Compass Rose. Oh, absolutely. Rose. And, Rose but I, I face that in the hardware store right. business, because unless you had the, enough to complete the project of people going in there, oh, they don't have it anyway, so we'll just go off somewhere <laughs> else. So that, you know, that's the kind of notion that uh, you got to work at different levels and hopefully with some success. Great. Well, uh, Jack, I'll come back to you in a, in a few minutes to talk a little bit more about some of the other things that you're, mm-hmm. you're talking about, but let's go now to uh, Kathleen's Billing, Kathleen billings Pizarres, who is the town manager of Stony and welcome to Talk of the Towns, Kathleen. Hi, how are you? Great. Thanks so much for uh, finding time to be with us this morning. Um, tell us a little bit about the town of Stoning and some of the, the assets that you have to, to work with and then maybe some of the challenges you're facing as a small community trying to, to, to be a, a year-round community. Well, uh, Stonington is a island town located in the southern tip of Deer Island, Penobscot Bay. We've got a year-round population of 1,043. And uh, Stoynton is what I would describe as a uh, natural resource-based economy. Mm. Um, you know, we probably derive um, about 40% of our uh, economy and population working in that, in the lobster fishing industry, um, with the rest probably being a mix of uh, construction and uh, tourists. Um, based on that also, too, because people, you know, either, you know, retire here and build homes, you know, or they, you know, do things seasonally and stuff associated with the tourist industry. Mm. Um, You know, I think people are attracted to the natural beauty here. So, um, and also, too, as far as, like, the lobster fishing industry, I mean, 2012, I mean, we landed 44 million pounds of lobster, so... It's uh, that's a huge part of our economy here. That's more lobster than the state used to harvest on, on as a whole state. Well, it, it is. It's a sizable portion. We probably have, you know, about 450 boats that come in and out of here. And, you know, we have a huge working waterfront, uh, you know, that we manage and stuff. So, I mean, that has its, you know, challenges in itself, trying to, you know, uh, either support it through tax dollars or, you know, collection of fees or whatever to be able to maintain it. So tell us a little bit about some of the economic development um, uh, opportunities and challenges that your group, and you've got a, a fairly active committee that's been working um, a number of years. Tell us about how that got, that group got created and some of the things that they're working on. Well, the our, um, economic development committee um, basically um, started when we adopted a comprehensive plan 
and that's probably been you know 10 or 15 you know years ago now uh that uh you know they've been steadily working on projects you know as well as you know the town officials that's here but you know a lot of that is centered around you know our philosophy of supporting the existing businesses here um our lobster working group which is a subset of the economic development committee you know they've been working on um you know branding our name as far as you know Stonington lobster goes what we land here you know for our own product um we've been working on you know lobster handling and transportation with the fishermen and dealers for you know a more improved product because you know a lot of our products now i mean they end up being marketed over into the european union and asia as well as the rest of the united states so it's really important to us to make sure that you know we have a you know a top product right. which we do and uh, there's been a lot of efforts focused around that and how about the downtown um you've got a, a very compressed downtown um i guess all of the t- towns we're talking about a pretty small um, geographic area but lots of activity especially in the summertime and you're trying to sort some of that out absolutely and you know we are sort of like a miniature city here and i mean in a lot of our economic development efforts too you know are focused on you know our town infrastructure you know for instance i mean we built uh, a couple years ago now a new causeway to billings diesel and marine because they're one of our largest employers here in stoynton you know as far as the shipyard goes the services the fishing industry and the tourist industry and you know we had well over four hundred thousand dollars into that Mm. and also too i mean the economic development Mm. efforts over you know um, time you put a lot of effort into you know expanding improving our water company you know, we're a lot like other towns and cities. I mean, our water companies from the 1900s, mm. and, you know, it's a huge struggle to, you know, maintain and upgrade that, and a lot of that has to be done through grants, you know, or rate hikes, which, you know, are necessary, but um, it can be difficult. You know, we have a lot of, you know, docks down here, public landings, and we're currently working on now on a plan to rebuild, you know, Hagen Dock with a, the seawall because... Um, the structural integrity of it because of the wave action, you know, needs to be attended to. So um, we do a lot down here. I mean, parking on the roads, off-street parking, uh, because in the summertime there's a huge amount of people that come here. You know, where do you put them all? Um, you know, it, it's, it can be pretty, uh, pretty daunting task sometimes to yes. try to accommodate all that. And um, as I recall, the last time I was um, meeting with some of your folks, there was a great concern about um, empty storefront um, shops and what the future would be um, if those individual businesses um, didn't come back. What would be happening to that, that uh, downtown area? Um, so that's kind of one of the things that I think you're working on. We are working on. We have a, uh, what we call our historic preservation group. Um, and that group is working on because we do have concerns about, you know, some buildings uh, that are for sale. Um, you know, some of them may have a high price on them, but it's hard for people to buy them because if you've got to do a significant amount of work and they don't maybe always appraise out to what people are asking. You know, so there's a huge concern with that, and we're trying to, you know, work on some efforts for, you know, protecting some of these uh, old buildings that we have. You know, when I describe old, I mean, they're not really dilapidated, but, right. you know, they are second empire architecturally, you know, significant. And, you know, we have a beautiful, you know, mansard roof buildings all along the shoreline that we're working hard to try to, 
you know, keep uh, Main Street intact and, you know, keep that view and keep buildings up. So that committee is working on exploring can we, you know, apply for historic tax credits to help with preserving some of those buildings. Um, you know, do we have any efforts and uh, currently in discussions on, you know, maintaining first floor commercial building space with uh, um, retail space and, you know, with uh, residential maybe up above yes. for buildings. Uh, so, I mean, we're also working on uh, trying to raise appreciation with that with a um, sort of what we call a historic designation area. And we're planning on having sort of like a walking trail map of, you know, buildings of significance, history and stuff to, um, you know, have people understand, you know, more of, you know, what Stonington was and what it can be. Now, I understand also that uh, Stonington has um, recognized that the arts, um, perhaps especially through the Opera House, um, is a, kind of a part of the year-round um, economy, the year-round community. It is. I mean, there is a, a huge... Um, part of that, and also, too, the Opera House has done a wonderful job. I mean, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, I mean, you know, it, it seemed like, you know, there was a big shift of buildings, but when they came in uh, place and, you know, there was a significant investment in our Main Street area, and, you know, for that a time, you know, we didn't have a pharmacy downtown anymore. We were struggling to try to have a, a grocery store and, you know, it seems like with that investment, with the creative economy, you know, that really has helped Main Street tremendously, you know, us rebuild it. So, I mean, this is why we keep, you know, ongoing efforts on um, trying to maintain our uh, Main Street. And because, I mean, those are huge efforts and we do really appreciate every, you know, everything that, you know, they have done as well. So, Kathleen, you've been at this work. Um, I think you got started on the CLAM committee. Is that right? That's true. <laughs> you've been at this work in terms of community for a long time. What keeps you going? What what inspires you to keep up this work? Well, I think it's, you know, the sense of place. I mean, I've always lived here, you know, and uh, I come from a multi-generational family that came here in the late 1700s. And, you know, it's, it's my town. You know, I, I love the place. I live here. I want to make it better. And, you know, and, and I really appreciate it when people do recognize. And also, too, the challenges that you look at. I mean, you know, we have a huge challenge with cell phone reception down here. And, you know, and I've been working for several years now. And, I mean, you know, the signal just goes right over the town because we dip down mm -hmm. underneath the ledges to the water. But, you know, I, I can't begin to tell you, you know, how much of a challenge it is to get providers to you know, want to be able to get the signal better down here. And I mean, and also too, I mean, it's a, it's a huge barrier to business and tourism, you know, when you're struggling with uh, different items like that. So, you know, I think that's what keeps me alive is <laughs> how do I solve this? How do I solve right. this? Yeah. And the other thing that I know that you've done in Stonington is to kind of repurpose um, community buildings. Um, and I think of the school um, that was uh, certainly a centerpiece to the to the town of Stonington. And now that is serving kind of as an incubator. Rick um, uh, um, Armstrong here from Castine talked about the, the need for an incubator. And, and maybe Jackie um, Hewitt will talk about that as well. But um, you've used that school building as an incubator for nonprofits and other groups to kind of um, foster uh, year-round activity. Well, it was, and I mean, when we got the buildings back from the schools, and, you know, I think it was around the year 2000, I mean, that was a huge struggle for Stoynton to get two big buildings, 
you know, back when the schools moved up to Deer Isle and we didn't have anything down here. Mm. And, you know, we've been lucky, like with the school building, you know, I've worked really tirelessly on, you know, getting grants and making small projects and, you know, improvements to the building. The outside, we've got it vinyl-sided. You know, we've done a lot of efforts as far as, you know, better lighting in there, um, insulating to make it more pleasant. And we do. We probably have, you know, like 15 businesses all renting space up there. You know, there's a chiropractor, there's an insurance agency, you know, some lobster companies have their offices in there. So that's been huge to have that many businesses locate down to Stonington because, you know, that building enables them to be able to do that. Mm. And also, too, the former gym and classroom building, that's, that's a community center. And that's also been a, uh, a great effort for downtown, too, as far as, you know, the Meals for Me program that people go to and other programs that they have. So, I mean, you know, we've we've been lucky. We've been able to, um, you know, repurpose those builders into something that's, uh, you know, a, for strong emphasis in the town. Well, Kathleen, say, thanks so much for being with us here on Talk of the Towns. You're an inspiration to me and I think to our listeners to, to look at um, the things that you're working on and the things that you've accomplished in Stonington. Thanks so much for being with us. Oh, you're welcome. Great. Kathleen Billings-Pizaris uh, here on Talk of the Towns. She's the uh, town manager of Stonington. And uh, in the studio with us, we have Jackie Hewitt, who is a consultant to the town of Mount Desert, uh, specifically <coughs> working on the village of Northeast Harbor. And Rick Armstrong is with the Community and Economic Development Committee of uh, the town of uh, Castine. We would welcome your calls at this point if you've got questions or perhaps your own stories of how small towns are, are coping with the need for um, year-round development. Um, give us a call here at one 625 That's one 625 Jackie, back to you. Um, I know one of the assets that uh, um, came as a result of the harbor development um, era was the uh, kind of a sense of green space. Mm-hmm. How is the town and in, in the economic development looking at that green space as an asset? Oh, it's great. Um, you know, the community green is a, an area that, that the town would like to use more. Um, and one of the things that we're doing is um, we, we created an event committee. So it's a new standing committee um, that the town has funded that is going to spend um, energy creating new events t- to uh, utilize the green. Um, so one of the things we're looking at is doing uh, movies, weekly outdoor movies there. Um, we're looking at maybe an uh, antique car show there this, this summer, um, maybe bringing some music in. Um, but we now have institutionalized the development of events, which is really important. So Plus, there's a regular way to do that. People have there, made proposals in the past, but there wasn't any um, – nobody was at home to answer those questions. That's exactly right. right. Um, and so this is a group that really their, their mission is to create some fun things to, um, for people to come to, to bring some additional tourists into town um, and, and the like. They're also going to serve um, initially as sort of the marketing arm for town too because one of the things that, that really has not been happening is that um, so many of the things are there, – there is a lot that happens in Northeast Harbor during the summer. But not many people know about it. Mm. Um, so we're working at improving the website, um, making sure that, that we have a full list of all the activities that are going to go on during the summer, getting it onto the various locations. So that would mean the town website, the chamber website, the Bar Harbor website, um, out to various um, community bulletins, um, the Astaku Inn, which does a, a, has a, both a website plus they do a, um, a daily 
um, sort of what's List. going on in right. the community. Yeah, and, right. and so they will be charged with, you know, doing our initial outreach, which is really important. Um, but also coming up with new ideas. Um, and they have all had some, we've only had our first meeting. Uh, we have another meeting next week. Um, and everybody is very excited about it. Rick, what are some of the parallels that you see, or maybe the differences you see in Castine for some of these other efforts we've talked about? I see about. only parallels. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie is speaking to Castine as well as many other towns by what she says. I think well, we talked about uh, the stuff that we're trying to do and uh, uh, really support the promotions committee that's been going on for a couple of years now and uh, uh, the stuff that's going on on the waterfront. But Castine has a history of a number of things that are going on in the waterfront. Uh, uh, middle of the summer is always some kind of a classic yacht, something or rather going on. We had Scottish vessels there. Uh, we've had uh, we had all the Concordias in last year, and then there's uh, the retired skippers race. There's all these kind of things going on. On top of that, now uh, the two institutions in town that have been kind of quiet for many many years have now got some leadership that are going really changing it. And the two are the Wilson Museum and the and the Casting Historical Society. Both fortunately received um, uh, uh, historical, some uh, significant legacy. Uh, Wilson Museum has gone from being kind of a, a shepherd of a little small uh, collection and private kind of thing into really res- uh, public responsibility. They've got a campus now. They're moving buildings around. They're going to be boat building. They're all kinds of good things. Mm-hmm. And the Historical Society's got an uh, expanded building going up and uh, really reaching out to community. They have docents there all the time now. All these kind of components are coming together. Uh, what we realized in Utah, uh, from the, um, Kathy mentioned out of Stonington, the branding of the lobsters. Well, uh, we're looking at the branding, as you, uh, Jackie spoke of, of Castine. And we've um, uh, hired some help to do that on a short-term basis to really brand all this stuff together. There's so much really going on to get it out there. And how does it really coordinate together mm. uh, with the museum, the historical society, what's going on in the boat? And then and Plain Air, the uh, painting uh, thing. Uh, the Plain Air Festival did it for one day last year, very successful. Now that's a three-day. We have at the academy the uh, what people call the little people, which is, I think, uh, uh, fondly they've been there for 25 years. Uh, miniature makers, they come uh-huh. for a week and stay at the academy and open it up to see all the kind of good work. All this stuff, you know, needs to come together and be branded in some way so that uh, it really is an opportunity for people to come to Castine and, again, provide that critical mass. And as part of that, they'll begin to see the school, uh, the the beauty of the community, the recreation opportunities, the the academy as opportunities, and come and live here. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of feeds on itself, you know, not just buying a summer home, but really being a a critical year-round community. So it's very much in the parallels of what we're trying to do. Mm. I'll list our phone numbers one more time, 1-866-625-9378 or locally, 469-0500. If you'd like to participate in this morning's conversation about practical approaches to local economic development, we have the towns of Mount Desert and uh, Stonington and Castine um, as part of our palette this morning. Um, so would you say that the first step in any town's um, effort to look at that is to look at all of its assets? 
Jackie, is that how you would start Absolutely. working with the town? Absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because, um, of course, Northeast Harbor is known for its art galleries. Um, and there are a variety and a large number of really wonderful galleries there. Um, and so that's something that we're, you know, we're going to try and focus on this summer, um, create you know, various um, Thursday night. We're looking at a Thursday night art walk mm-hmm. where artists will be at the various galleries and, you know, there's wine and cheese or whatever it's going to, to be um, and promote it um, because that is something it's, – it's been done in the past, but it hasn't been um, – not enough people have known about mm-hmm. the fact that it was occurring. Right. So that's really important. Um, you talked a little bit about the business incubators, and, and we have a wonderful um, summer resident, uh, John Boynton, who has – he and his wife um, bought a couple of properties in town. Um, and one of his – he has a couple of goals, but first is to to address the year-round issue of no place to meet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hoping to – well, it's, it's under construction right now – is uh, renovate what used to be the old um, uh, pharmacy, and it had an ice cream fountain area and the like that everybody loved, um, which he's going to recreate in this new um, space. Um, it'll also have coffee and unclear yet exactly mm-hmm. what the layout is going to be, possibly some uh, retail component. Um, but the, the important part is that it's going to be open year-round. Um, and I think people are really excited about that. Um, and then upstairs, he is planning to do some a type of, of business incubator. Um, it was. It really is going to be a space that you can rent by the day, the week, the month. Um, either you know, just a, a, a desk, or you can do an office. You can rent conference rooms to provide a space for um, small businesses that currently are are in people's homes to give them that next step to go. Um, you know, where they have uh, people to talk to, they can have meetings. It's a slightly more professional um, atmosphere. Um, and, I, and I think people are really excited about that because, I, you know, the idea of bringing some additional business into town is, is important. Um, but Northeast Harbor isn't a place for industry, really. Right, right. Um, but this type of home-based business that you could, could take a small storefront later mm-hmm. um, is really important. Um, and that's that's an effort that's going on. Well, I think of, of the wonderful um, story of... of, of uh, the uh, Black Dinah chocolates, for instance, mm-hmm. that uh, started um, out on an island mm-hmm. um, on Isla Ho and has now just announced that they're going to be moving to Portland. They've grown to that place where they have enough market, but they need a big, bigger facility, and, and Portland is the logical place for that. Yep. That started as a very small business, and it seems like you're representing the same kind of thing, that often people bring their business ideas with them to wonderful places yes. And they want to say, okay, how can we grow that? And so right. the incubator idea is is one of one of those ideas. So what um, what are, what are some of the other steps that a town should consider? Looking at the assets, and and you've talked a little bit about kind of marketing or information yeah. flow out. Is that another thing that, that towns should should yeah. consider? Yeah, we're in part of our branding is uh, really to understand in the context of that what do you really got to sell, and then really aggressively sell those kind of things. Um, In terms of assets, uh, uh, is Kathleen Stonington still here? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, one of the discussions I think that uh, uh, Castine has had about its waterfront, which is certainly reflective of Stonington and Portland, the one that Portland always gets in the news, is how do you uh, weigh the working waterfront with the recreational waterfront? Yes. And uh, Stoning is 
Stonington has done a real good job with that. Uh, for those in the recreation side coming in there, we may react and say, oh, gee, you know, we can't find a place to put a boat to get a restaurant, but that's, you know, the working waterfront, and that's why you go there to see and do. And Castine, really, that's, speaking of assets, one that we need to develop more. And Because uh, I've always said if I ever won the lottery, that my investment in Castine will bring it back to where it really was Castine, rope walk, sardine factories, that kind of And people go, oh, no, you know. It's where do you draw the line? Where do you take right. the picture? Where, what is really historic Castine? Yes. Yes. You know, the plenty of beautiful white houses now, but nobody in it. I mean, when do you really do that? But uh, there's got to be a mix. And we're trying to, uh, we just put a crane down in the dock to lift lobster pot traps, you know. Mm. And that was that was a struggle mm. because, you know, you want those smelly things. But that's, you know, part of the character of Maine. And that's, you know, when you really kind of think of everything about this, we can't lose sight of where we're located and the advantage of that. Mm. And uh, the scenery, the smell of lobsters, the, you know, the recreate, all of that stuff coming together is what people think about. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of communication how do we reflect it do people just want to see white houses and casting no but if they were to see a maritime ship on one side and then see lobstermen working on the other seals out in the harbor and maybe even a tidal turbine out in the middle of it as well all those kind of things as well as some restaurants and some people walk in main street that actually work there for a living mm. uh is really the 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 components that we're all trying to bring together. Who are your allies in this work? Um, um, neither of you are directly connected to a chamber of commerce. Um, are there chambers of commerce in your areas? And what's the relationship um, between your work and uh, a chamber of commerce? Jackie first. There is a chamber. Um, there is a Mount Desert Chamber of Commerce. Um, and it is small um, because, of course, the community is, is relatively small. Um, but it is growing. Um, I've been working them, with them a good deal um, just to try and advise and help in terms of, um, you know, what they might do, particularly for marketing, mm. um, internet marketing, um, improving their website. Um, they have been a big contributor to the sign program because this, the economic development signage was not funded by the town, and it is a, a wonderful uh, collaboration between the Summer Residence Association and the business community um, who have come together to raise the funds in order to put these signs in. So I've been working with them very closely on that. Um, you know, the town has been great. They mm. have been, the selectmen and, and the staff have been fabulous in terms of working with me. Um, they've been very open to change and various ideas uh, that I've brought before them. Um, you know, they created the event committee. They, they funded it. Um, they're currently looking at, at funding um, both my position uh, for a long period of time plus some um, you know, actual economic development monies that can be used for marketing and brochures and things like that, that and you know, some outreach, advertising, that sort of thing. Um, you know, and the Summer Residence Association has been great. They have been um, integral in the concern about the community and the ability to help. Um, and that's been terrific. Well, it seems like in all of those cases, there was um, a, a period of time when uh, the voices were disorganized, and eventually um, they came to organize themselves, perhaps in the chamber as one group, the Summer Residence Association, mm-hmm. and in, in terms of the, the town yep. governance piece. Yep. 
But those voices began to come together, and a consensus was formed that this is the yeah. direction to go. Rick, it seems like you're not quite there yet in terms of that well, consensus, or are you? Are they, you? No, no. That, uh, I think one of the first things I did was actually meet with the head of the Chamber of Commerce for the Blue Hill Peninsula. Okay. Uh, just to kind of make that connection, because uh, it, was, it was important. The Chamber has a lot to offer. I guess, um, personally, I... I have a little reservation because I think that, um, uh, and it's my experience with Chamber of Commerce and my former life in another community in uh, Cape Cod, it was always about heads in the beds and mm-hmm. restaurants. And that's fair enough. Uh, and that does create um, uh, a critical mass, if you will, during the summer. It does do the economic development thing like that. But it doesn't guarantee year-round. Right. It ends up it ends up that it, uh, you know, things close down. Everybody's fat, dumb, and happy because we've got five restaurants, a couple bins, and everybody's gone. But then, you know, once parents' weekend goes, everybody disappears, and that's the end of it. Uh, so, you know, I think we're 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 trying to raise that level to kind of reach out, and uh, some of it's got to be on the responsibility of those who live there year round, and the feeling that well, maybe. You know, I've got to go into that local gift shop. Maybe I've got to do that. and so shop local notion. Right, yes. yeah, and those kind of things. And try to support. Unfortunately, we had a new restaurant open up that was uh, going to be year-round and failed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, could mm-hmm. not survive uh, the, the winter winds. And uh, uh, no fault of the effort, let me tell you. A right. very Herculean effort right. that just in a, in a vast desert of people who, you know, don't, you know, want to do those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the, I think that, you know, you got to be at different levels in this and, uh, maybe we're a pie in the sky, but in a sense where we're reaching out to the, um, you know, to a larger year round and try to, you know, we talk about our assets, a waterfront, but we haven't talked about the little school that we've maintained in Castine, right. which is important. And one of the new people have come into Castine, came for Castine for two reasons. He saw a very expensive car with the top down, with the keys in it, sitting in front of the post office, Uh-oh. no one around, right. number one. Yep. Safe. And number Safe. two was... There was the community school, right. and that that sold him on the community. Care what happened? But he had the advantage of being uh, uh, basically working for the world uh-huh. on the internet, and then flying mm-hmm. out and flying back on Friday and doing that kind of stuff. And it's going to be more about more and more of that telecommuting that we need to take advantage of that. And again, we have the academy that has some fairly decent uh, uh, IT stuff there, and kind of build up on that. But that's you know that's what a community is. We need to. Yeah. Focus on just not just uh, the retail or the restaurant and bringing people in in the summer because we understand the conflict of those who would like to come here for the summer and find room in the town dock and enjoy enjoy themselves not as overrun. And again, from my past life, uh, much of what happened to Woods Hole and Falmouth that really went, and particularly Hyannis, uh, all the respect to the Kennedys, <clears throat> that uh, got so overrun that it took away from, you know, kind of the, so the ca- nicety of it. A so cautious, then, cautious approach. It, all of a sudden now right. it's a different different right. scale of things. So um, what are the long-term outcomes that you're looking for in, in your communities? If you, could, if you could come back in 10 years, even in 15, 20 years, what would you hope to see in the, in the towns that you're working with? Jackie, what, what, what do you think you and, and your associates, what are you working towards? Well, I think a really healthy Main Street to mm. start with. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, 
one goal I have is really to strengthen the businesses that are there mm-hmm. um, and create a community that can support them um, so that they can make it, you know, be year-round if they wish to be um, and to create enough um, business for them, particularly during the summer months, to carry them through if they wish to be open through, mm-hmm. the, through the year. Also, I'd like to create um, more community um, uh, you know, events and opportunities to, to create a cohesive community that may um, grow Northeast Harbor um, as a year-round mm-hmm. um, location. And that's going to that's gonna take people living there, I think. Um, so housing has got to be a, a part of this. Yeah, additional um, we, housing units. And, and that's we, right. we know that that's another set of allies, perhaps, yep. in, in both of your communities. People were thinking about those kinds of things. Rick, what do you what do you sense the long-term <laughs> picture is? What, you, what are you working towards? Well, I think what you know, and I don't want to speak for our committee, but I think there's general consensus that what we're looking for uh, is a, a, a vibrant community where the subset is the downtown and the retail. Mm. Because what we're really focused because we have the advantage of the academy that can spin off. We have, you know, thousand people, kids living there, and we got faculty to begin to find ways for the faculty to live back in the casting, take advantage of the school and all that. And then the retail comes along on its own because you've got people right. year-round right. living there to take advantage of doing it as opposed to bunches of open houses. So I guess my dream is that in 10 or 15 years, there's still those houses with the thermostats and, the, and thermometers in the window and people enjoying a casting as a special place to get away in the summertime. But at the same time, to have a, a vibrant community that's supporting the volunteer fire department and people living right. there, expanding the school a little bit, and then the retail space becomes really good, vibrant, year-round retail space. And so final question is, um, what, would, what advice would you give other communities who are struggling with these kinds of issues, have similar assets? What kind of advice would you give, and, and then what gives you hope? Um, so um, first, let's start with what, any advice that you ha- would have for other communities. Jackie, what would you s- suggest to a community that hasn't got an economic development um, task force or group? Well, I think that, you know, getting a group of people together um, to start to, to talk about the issues, mm. um, to look at the opportunities and the challenges um, is probably the first step um, because people have to be on the same page and they have to have um, a cohesive vision of where they're trying to go. Um, so I think, you know, that would generally be the first step. Okay. Quick to you, Rick. Patronize the local businesses. Okay. Yep. was really the main thing. And take, a, take advantage of what's there now and, uh, and encourage others to come into the community to do the very same. And what gives you hope? Uh, that people are doing that, that there is hope. Uh, the assets are there. It's a matter of bringing them together. Right. And I think that people are committed to do that. Jackie, what gives you hope? There is a desire to, to, you know, make the community succeed. Great, great. Thanks so much. We've come to that time when I want to remind our listeners that you've been listening to Talk of the Towns, produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second and fourth Friday mornings of each month, except for this month when we happen to be here on the first Friday morning. Um, our theme music is a medley from Coronach on a Bound Lane House Highland music recording. Thanks to our guests um, here in the studio, Jacqueline Hewitt, a consultant to the town of Mount Desert, Rick Armstrong from the Castine Community and Economic Development Committee, and by phone earlier, Kathleen Billings-Pizarras, the town manager of Stonington. 
Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to Amy Brown for engineering our program. And stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. And remember, next week is Fun Drive. Support for WERU.